0: Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and development in Dayton that make a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. I'm Meg Maloney with the City of Dayton Sustainability Office, and I'm joined here today by Katie Buttlemeyer, our Sustainability Fellow, and we're excited to talk to you today about our Dayton Sprouts Program. In 2021, the City of Dayton secured funding for a sustainability summer camp program called Dayton Sprouts. Now coming into its third year, the purpose of this program is to incorporate sustainability and healthy living curriculum into the City of Dayton's Recreation and Youth Service Summer Camp Program. Today, we are going to be talking to Katie about this program as she facilitated as the environmental educator last summer. Um, and we're going to be talking about how the kids reacted to the program, some, things, some lessons learned, and uh, what we are expecting out of this summer. Um, but first, Katie, do you want to give us a little bit of background on yourself?
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me here. My name is Katie Bettelmeier, and I was the Dayton Sprouts educator last summer. I am a graduate of Ohio State University, and I have my degree in sustainability and business. I have been working in sustainability for about two years now in the city of Dayton for
0: one year. Nice, thank you. Well, we're excited that you're joining us, and we're lucky that you work for our sustainability office. Um, So I wanted to give a quick background before we jump into some of the questions about this program. So in 2020, the pandemic year, um, I applied for a grant through the U.S. Conference of Mayors um, to secure funding to start our Dayton Sprouts program. And what we had done is we had collaborated with various partners in the community Um, including the Food Equity Coalition, uh, Dayton Children's Hospital, the University of Dayton's Hanley Sustainability Institute. And we had written this grant um, with the goal of incorporating sustainability curriculum into our summer camp program, um, and also getting families involved with learning about where our food comes from, how to grow healthy food, um, and some sustainable lifestyle living. All within the context of not making families feel guilty or pressure of like the current choices that they're making, but kind of showing the benefits of when you grow your food locally, you know, how it keeps pricing down and how it also encourages healthy living. Um, So we were excited when we won, we were informed that we won the grant at the very end of 2020. And as I mentioned earlier, 2021 was the first year that we implemented it. Um, And initially when we first implemented it, we had um, the counselors kind of teach the curriculum, but I think last summer worked out much better with you being the main person to implement it. And we also have this very adorable passport that we'll talk about in a moment, which was kind of the programming that kids could take home. So after they learn things at summer camp, they have a booklet at home where they can do activities with their family. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to the University of Dayton's um, Hanley Sustainability Institute, Sarah Richard, who helped design that passport and helped co-write the grant. Um, And, yeah, so we've had over 600 probably kids go through this program now over the summers, um, and we get a lot of positive feedback about it. But first, Katie, I thought it'd be good for you to talk a little bit about kind of how the Sprouts program is like made up. So like when a kid goes to summer camp, I guess, what can they expect when they go into the Dayton Sprouts program?
1: Yes, of course. So kind of just picking it backing off of what you said, the goal of the program is to make sustainability and environmental topics more approachable for the children. Last year, we had over 180 students complete the program, and that means completing the program start to finish. So they were there for all the days. We modeled our curriculum after a fourth grade environmental science standard, but we also incorporated games, hand-on experiments, and art to engage and excite our students. All this to say is that our classes were broken into several different components, the first of which every day we would do a short topic on the lesson of the day. And the topics that we would cover we ranged from climate change, pollution, food equity, pollination, biodiversity, and a lot more. So every student that participated in the program received like you said, a passport to follow along with these daily lessons. The passport is really just a booklet that had all of our activities. So that way the students could learn and engage on paper with what I was teaching them. Mm -hmm. So after our in-class lesson, the students would then be taken outside for the corresponding daily activity. And then all of these activities incorporated some type of exercise slash um, arts and crafts to help the students implement living healthy through fun games. Additionally, once a week, the students would have the opportunity to visit the Dayton Sprouts garden, and the students really loved helping me tend to the garden
0: and take care of it and watching that garden grow. Nice. And I just want to highlight a couple points, too, of what you mentioned. So we had students 180 kids finish from start to finish. That was an eight week summer camp program, which is pretty good, like retention. But then the second thing, too, is we didn't want to make it feel like school, but we still wanted to get, you know, Ohio, the state of Ohio's curriculum in there to ensure that, like, the education that we were giving them was kind of based in something. Um, So I think that was really intentional, and I feel like that really helped because even though not all the kids were in fourth grade, the kids ranged from ages 6 to 12, um, we kind of catered the programming based on, like, the age group that you were working with. Obviously our, our little guys that were you know six to seven years old, um, we kind of took them, broke things down back to the basics. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention is each week had that theme. You mentioned the themes of like climate change pollution, food equity, pollinators, um, but each week we'd have a theme and then those activities would correspond to the theme. Um, and the purpose of that too was also that if kids were only there for one week, they would still get like a good amount of curriculum in for that week, which I think really helped because even though we had a lot of kids follow over or go through all eight weeks of camp, occasionally we get kids that were just there for a week or two weeks. And so we didn't want them to feel left out of the program. So I feel like those were all really intentional choices, um, that made kids feel like they were like included as part of the the program the whole summer. Um, so you mentioned the garden, which is one of my favorite things. Um, we got a lot of the week that I went there, the kids really liked to talk about the garden. Um, so maybe do you want to talk a little bit about what you grew and um, how the kids engaged with it and kind of their response to it?
1: Yes, of course. The kids, like you said, they love the garden. They were very excited about the garden, which made me very excited about the garden. We grew a ton of different types of vegetables. Um, we grew radishes, tomatoes, green onions, basil, but the kids' favorites were definitely the tomatoes and the radishes. Um, So whenever we would do our Healthy Chef, which we can get into more later, I encourage the students to try all the produce that we grew together and three times throughout the summer we use those vegetables from our gardens Mm -hmm. in that Healthy Chef recipe that we cooked and created together. Mm -hmm. Different ways that we engage with the garden, for example, one of our activities is that we did a bug hunt with our pollinators. And so I had the kids go into the garden and look at all the different blooms and see if we could find any bugs that were pollinating the garden. Mm-hmm. Other things that we did is we measured the garden growth. So using rulers, we saw how tall our garden was getting. We used our five senses to observe what was happening in the garden. We also painted the garden boxes just for fun. So yeah. the kids really loved that.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the, I'm biased because you know I helped write the curriculum, but I feel like we were really intentional about like warming them up to it. Like the first week, we spend the time you know painting the outside of the garden we painted little garden signs the second week we talk about the soil in the garden and as the plants start to grow we talk a little bit about like what we're expecting to see with and then you have the bug hunt and so i think by the end of summer you know each week kind of corresponded like the garden was always part of the weekly activities but each each week we were still bringing it kind of back to what we were growing so like we had a weekly theme of water. We talked about how much water the garden needed. We talked about accessibility to food, which for a six-year-old, you know, we're not trying to get complicated with it, but we're trying to be like, hey, where do you buy your food from? Or where does your family buy your food from? And getting them excited about growing food in their backyard. Um, the, my favorite thing, though, is you mentioned that they love the radishes, which I think is, is awesome. I personally don't like radishes and so when we had selected that I was anxious because I was like are these kids not going to like to eat the radishes but that was like a huge hit. It really was a huge
1: hit. If you've ever seen the way that the radishes grow they grow from the ground up kind of like a potato and so the kids just loved pulling the radishes out and it (laughs) was it was always a very funny activity to cut up the radishes and eat it because like you mentioned you didn't love the radishes. And I don't think the kids mm-hmm. loved the radishes either. I don't think they'd eat a radish just regularly, but they loved to try it in front yes. of each other and giggle and laugh about how they tasted, so yes. that was really fun. Yeah,
0: and I think that level of engagement is good, too, because we. I feel like they really took ownership over the plants and felt like kind of like an emotional connection to them, which I thought was very wholesome, because um, the week that you were on vacation last year that I taught the week's curriculum, they were like telling me that they have like names for the bugs in the garden. They had like plants that that was their favorite. And so I think having the activities of like also watching everything grow in the garden really helped like connect them and ground them in that. Um, And we had had also the opportunity for kids to take home garden plants too, which I think was really successful. Um, We had a kid at the end of the year say that he like was growing stuff in his backyard because of that too, which was huge. so, yeah, I think that was, that was uh, wholesome, I guess you could very say. Very wholesome. They had a lot of <laughs> pride in the garden, which yes. is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned the healthy chef, and I think um, in the grant application this was also something that we really wanted to highlight um, because, as you and I both know, as adults, there's a lot of people that still don't know how to cook very well, and so we wanted the kids the opportunity to learn how to cook, um, but also with things that they were growing. So can you talk a little bit about what you guys cooked Um, and kind of the kids' reaction to to that as well. Absolutely. So I, my goal when creating this healthy chef recipes was to make
1: food that was not only accessible for the kids, but healthy and something that they could make on their own. Like come home from school one day and they want to make themselves a snack. This is totally something that they could do. So this summer, our students made guacamole, they made apple nachos, and then they made bruschetta. And they loved these cooking days. They were so fun. We dedicated three days to the summer where we just cooked. Um, With the guacamole, a lot of the kids have never had guacamole in their lives. Mm. And you know, an avocado is a little bit intimidating the first time you eat it, but they loved it. And I think some of my favorite comments when they're eating their guacamole, because the way that I planned the activities, I had the kids try each ingredient first, that went into the guacamole and then I allowed them to put what they liked into their guacamole Mm, and I could hear the students say I can really taste that cilantro coming (laughs) out or like that onion like that crunchy onion I love that onion in my guacamole so I thought that was really fun um our apple nachos um, it's a little bit of a creative idea you slice up apples then you get yogurt honey peanut butter granola chia seeds, and then pumpkin seeds, and you mix them all together, mm. and you put them on the apples, like, toppings, like you would with meat and cheese and yeah. green onions on your nachos, um, and the students loved that recipe, and it was so easy for the kids to make. I had a lot of students give me feedback that they went home, and they made it the next day. Even the counselors were like, this is a great breakfast
0: option, yeah. Yeah. so that was really satisfying and rewarding for me to teach that. Nice, and I think that that was... Good too, Because a big part of Healthy Chef, which is kind of this needle that we were threading, you know, really lightly too, was that we want kids to try and start thinking about making healthy choices with their food. But we never want them to feel guilty with what's served to them, because like, you know, a lot like up till you grow up, like a lot of times, you know, family members or people in your household purchase food for you. Right. So the idea behind this was like we wanted kids to identify foods that they like to eat that might be available in their house. Um, but also encourage, like, alternatives, too, and the choices that they can make. For example, every day at lunch, the kids would receive, like, apples and oranges, right? Um, and those weren't always fan favorites in the beginning, but if we, through Healthy Chef, could make these choices, like, the apple nachos, much more intriguing and yummy to them, the hope is that they'll be, like, encouraged in the future to, like, start making those choices. Um, which I think worked out really well. We had a lot of kids that like you said, like I remember talking to them about the guacamole. That's like, they're like, I don't really like avocado. And then they were like, but I like avocado with all these things in it. And uh, I was like, that is so relatable because I also don't really like, avo- I'm like now talking about all the foods that I don't like. I also don't like avocado that much except in guacamole. And so that was, I think really good for the kids um, to kind of see that like, yeah, you can, you can cater these foods to make them delicious for what you like. Um, the other thing I was, kind of wondering about is, um, yeah, so we talked about a lot of like big concepts in in Dayton Sprout. So one of the weeks we talked about like where your energy comes from, which um, something that when we talked about the grant application, we said we we're going to kind of start introducing these concepts to kids. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like why you think it's important that we introduce sustainability topics and... Um, how you think the kids were able to comprehend some of these like bigger topic areas. Yeah, so
1: it's obviously a lot for a kid to tackle and break down, but I believe sustainable education teaches us why our environment is so precious and how these people and these children are going to play a crucial role in our future of this environment's existence. And when they understand why they should care about their environment, and they're not just being told that you should care, Mm -hmm. that they can play a more active role in protecting the environment and creating their own future. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that they understand it is like, I feel like really just going outside and getting their hands dirty and playing outside Mm -hmm. and learning these integral tiny little mechanisms in nature, Mm -hmm. make them respect the systems, like the larger systems much more. I think that's kind of how we broke it down for them it's just getting their feet wet Mm -hmm. and then showing them how wonderful nature is and how many different parts go into it yeah they start to understand
0: yeah and i think too like um the activities we did made it fun so for example like when we did have complicated topics like we talked about water pollution and like that's really hard for a kid to understand um in the like this sustainability space for example cuz when we talk about water pollution in Dayton like we might be talking about emerging contaminants or things like that that like a 6-year-old's not going to understand but they understand that like if the water looks dirty like it's bad and they need to drink water and so i think that like you said like when we would Introduce topics to them in a way that was like easy for them to kind of comprehend they realized their importance in it and even if they didn't understand it fully I feel like they would still realize that they like make an impact and they have choice and they can choose to protect the environment or not um, the other thing I loved too um, is the week I was there um, we had some extra time and I asked like older kids, the 10 through 12 year olds, like, oh, what do you guys wanna do? And they brought up games that you played with them. And I thought it was fascinating because they could still talk about those concepts too. So that was impressive um, because I think that like even the last week of camp, like they were still mentioning things from like our first week from like the soil activity and things like that and and wanting to play those games. So making it fun and easy to digest, I think helped help kind of stick it in their brain a little bit so that they're, they're more aware, but, the nice thing about kids, which I always appreciate, the sustainability space, is they really, really do at the end of the day understand that like we need clean air, we need clean water. And so like they're advocates in their own right because it's like they can't fathom like that these are actual threats that we face, you know, in our world today. And so um, I was always impressed with like how they're like, well, yeah, we have to protect their like it's like almost like a no-brainer type of thing for them, which I thought was very cute. Um, so as we kind of wrap things up i want you to just talk about what was like the best part of your summer as a teaching the Dayton sprouts program and what was the biggest challenge
1: okay well we'll do the challenges first because we'll do the lows then the highs oh i like that yes <laughs> the challenge for me was just really corralling that many students yeah. um you know there was some issues getting the counselors engaged as well because the curriculum was written for the students so that was definitely my biggest hiccup of all the summer is that learning curve of getting everybody to help out with the activities yeah. as opposed to just the students. Yeah. Um, but I think the highest point of my summer, I just felt like it was really rewarding. After some of the lessons, I would have students come up and ask me questions mm-hmm. to get more in depth about what we just learned. And for me, I think that was just how I knew that my teaching was doing good because yeah. these students are engaged in the curriculum, they actually like it and they're curious. And that was my goal all along. Yeah. So, I think that was my high point.
0: Now, and I think what was so impressive is no matter the kids' like socioeconomic background or like where they were at in school, I think we created curriculum and you facilitated curriculum that got all the kids engaged and passionate. Though, you know, like you said it was hard at first cuz some of them hate running outside in the heat, things yes. like that, and so motive, learning how to motivate I think was important, but um, I think it's impressive because something that I'm proud about the Sprouts program that I think we've seen, but especially last summer through you teaching it, is like this is really a curriculum that like any kid from any background can enjoy, um, we are very sensitive to like ensuring that everyone feels like the material is inclusive and like that they can like interact with it. Um, but I think what, what I'm most excited about, too, is like we created this curriculum to be repeated in other cities. Um, and so we've gotten requests from other you know, recreation departments to like, use our passport and use our activities, which, to anyone listening, um, that is up for, up for grabs, I guess, up for conversation. So if you're interested um, in implementing any of our sustainability curriculum um, for, again, children ages 6 through 12 um, in either a summer camp program or in school, all of our material um, is public, and, and, and we can give that out to you, um, and we're more than happy to do so um, because we really think that this program is something that you know all kids can engage with and is really easy to understand, um, especially to, with the passport, we put a facilitator's guide in there, so we even put like instructions on how to do each of the activities, supplies needed, everything like that, so it's repl- replicable um, in other places aside from the city of Dayton. Um, So I think that's all we have today on the Dayton Sprouts. Is there anything else you want to end with about Sprouts that we didn't cover?
1: No, I mean, I just look forward. We are doing Sprouts again this year, like Mm -hmm. you said. Um, And I would like to give a shout out to our future facilitator, Emmy, as she goes into this year teaching. And I just appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah,
0: thanks again for joining. um, And thanks for everyone that's listening. And again, if you're curious to learn more about our Dayton Sprouts program, you can go to our City of Dayton website under our sustainability page. Um, We have some information and some pictures there, but then you can also email me at meg.maloney at daytonohio.gov, and I'm happy to share information about our program as well. Thanks again, Katie. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Birthplace of Next, a publication of the City of Dayton's Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the latest news about what's happening in Dayton. If you have questions or feedback for us, please email cityhall at daytonohio.gov.